You're listening to High Shelf Gaming. Hey folks, in this episode, Rich and I are going to look back at Gen Con Online, kind of what we got up to, how it went. We think it's pretty important to dive deeper into what the experience really was like as an online convention and how many things really are kind of the same and all the stuff that was different. You know, we still love Gen Con. It's a, a great show, and I had a lot of fun at Gen Con Online, but it's fundamentally different, right? And I could see a world where Gen Con lives on as a hybrid show, uh, an in-person show with a big online component based on the successes that we saw during that weekend. So give this a listen. would love to hear your feedback. would love to hear your thoughts about Gen Con Online. So... You know, find us on all the places and let us know what you think. High Shelf Gaming is a podcast where David and Rich discuss tabletop gaming. Everything from board games and role-playing games to gaming conventions. They provide reviews, strategies, tips, and house rules to enhance your gaming and convention-going experience. Hey everybody, David here with High Shelf Gaming. And as always, I am joined by Lawnmower Man, Rich. What up, Dave? Just dapping it out. Haven't been on in a while. So I just know. Daps, enjoying it. I'm down oh in the my. basement, enjoying yes. my Corona heaven, my Corona haven. Um, yes. Around from all of that. Are you? Um, is your mom still feeding you, or is she giving up on you? Oh yeah, no, dude. She got a June oven, so Whoa. my hot pockets and my Totinos come out like balls. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever seen a June oven. It is the most miraculous thing in the world. It has a computer and a camera. And yeah. like she just puts in the pizza rolls and it goes, boop, are you trying to make pizza rolls? And then makes them perfect. Wow. So it's been even better. She stepped her game up. Good job, mom. So it's been it's been really awesome. Big ups to the moms out there keeping yes. the rich Wisneskis of the world fed. Uh, you're all you're all, you know, heroes, unsung heroes every day. Um, I think your lawnmower man comment was about this miraculous COVID beard that I've grown. I, you know, I was thinking like more of the digital stuff. Cause like, do you remember oh. the lawnmower man, the yes. movie? And it was like all like 80s tastic technology business. Cause today we're talking Gen Con online. <gasps> that is going to be a great topic. There was I, a lot of amazing things that happened. Yes. So much uh, was going on, you know, like, I think we almost did Origins. Origins got canceled like week of, which sucks, right? It sucks for everybody. It sucks for Origins. You know, it was a blow to the community. Um, but I get, you know, like it's tough to pull off a virtual con when you've never done one before. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, just like we talk about registration and things on oh, yeah. those lines between the two different conventions, um, one obviously has some more money behind it, uh, Gen yep. Con, and yep. Origins yep. has a lot of love behind it. Yep. And sometimes those things come out in the way registration's done or the way events are uploaded. You're just a little more forgiving. You're a little more understanding. And I think that's a good example. You know, I think the other thing is Gen Con had a couple of months. They had like an extra month or two. And oh. that little extra runway goes a long way. And we talked to the guys, right? We talked to the folks from Gen Con and they were talking about how they were basically planning two conventions at the same time. And that was clearly super smart because they were ready. Right. And they executed on Gen Con Online, which I did some stuff. We ran some games. High Shelf Gaming ran some games. We did some seminars and all that kind of stuff. Um, I attended some stuff that was really fun. And 
like they did. They, they delivered on the promise of there was a place for vendors. There was a place to go play games. There was some really creative stuff that people were doing to run games. Like one of the games we ran put on by Mike, one of our GMs, was a haunted Discord server. Which, like, that's so wild. Like some of the players could speak. Some of them could only type. And it's this whole like haunted house where half the team are ghosts and the other half are ghost hunters. And um, you're in a discord server. You can't do that in person, Gen Con. That's all. That's yeah, online. Just amazing, only. Bro. That's just yeah. amazing. bro. Yeah. Players do it. Yeah. So like um, they were really interesting. Uh, uh, Mike Reichelson. Yeah. He yeah. runs our Blades in the Dark game and he he always finds really interesting things to run for Gen Con. And it was a blast. Like every report I read, every like feedback I saw was that it was a lot of fun for him. It was a lot of fun for people who played. And that's one of those things online only, right? So Gen Con Online, I think, made some new possibilities happen that just could not really be done in person. And that's that's cool. Has Mike made any references to doing that again? I want him to do it. I want us to do an HSG run. I think that would be Phenomenal. Do it online, do a stream oh, with yeah. it. I think that would oh, be a yeah. blast. I'd oh, be down. Yeah. Michael, yeah. I'm down. Sign it up, man. That's I'm right. Bringing my character back from the deck. And and another thing that I kind of noticed. So we hosted a lot of games on our Discord server, which of course is linked below in the show notes. Um, but we hosted a lot of games, and we had a lot of people join our Discord server, which was great. So any content creators out there looking to get people to your Discords, run virtual conventions, get them to show up. The thing was, almost everybody who showed up to play, and I don't know this is entirely true, but everybody who spoke up said, this is my first Gen Con. <gasps> Every single one of them said, this is my first Gen Con. I've never been to a Gen Con before. I could never go in person. I could only do it virtually, and I can wow. only do it like this. And it's just, a, I, I don't know if it's just like a completely untapped audience that now has a place to go and they did it and it was successful. Or if there were a lot of people who did both, like our own uh, friend of the show, Steve, he of course is a longtime player and, you know, true dungeon fan and all that kind of stuff. He got to do Gen Con online and he said he had a blast. So clearly there's a folks, some folks like us that have been longtime Gen Conners and went online. But I think there's this whole I think there's this whole other audience that is online only and showed up and got to play attend Gen Con for the first time ever. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I, I didn't get, but I, I saw coming up on the fans of Gen Con page um, was some people got attendee badges. Was that I did not click something to get an attendee. badge? Oh, that's wild. I didn't get an attendee badge. I, I like, swore I saw some of those show up on fans of Gen Con. Maybe huh. there were homebrews. Answer below. Uh, that's probably cute. Yeah, I, I I would love that if those were homebrew. That's great. That's really good. So, Rich, um, how was how was your Gen Con online? What did you do? Well, I'm gonna just jump right into True Dungeon. Is oh okay? yeah, I I so, cannot wait to hear. I had to miss the game because I was running a seminar. Dude, yeah. I was backed back to back on seminars this Gen Con, mm. so I missed all the True Dungeon stuff. How did that go? I'm going to go back in time for a second and say as the COVID lockdown happened, mm, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the True Dungeon guys, Larry, Al, Ryan, yeah. you know, we got together and we did an escape room virtually. We just got together. We said, hey, let's do this. And uh, oh, fun. Ryan, I think, found something online after Larry suggested it. And we did a true company escape room. 
And okay, it was fun. I got done, hung up, look at the girlfriend and say, you know what? I would do that again with my boys. Really? I'm not too sure I would do that again. And really what it was is it was more like you were playing through pictures of the event and it had video clips that played. And, you know, as you said, I want to look at that. They'd be like, you look at it and the picture would show up showing it be different. Right. Oh, so, so it like, was, so they were controlling what you were seeing and you would say, I want to see this. And they would say, okay, great. Let me pull that up for you. So you had no, like no. an operator. Yes. Who was showing oh. us clips of things. And so it felt that's, a little, that's very, that's very adventure. Yeah. That's very matrixy, right? They've got, they've got operator, Right. And you're like, I need to learn Kung Fu. And it's like, here's Kung Fu for you. I want to see this. I want to see that. Okay. Here's that thing for you. Here yeah. you go. So you would say, Hey, what is that over in the corner? And then they, sure. they would say, Oh, it's nothing. Or else it would expand and you would get to see something. So it really uh, became, I spy and some things sure. along those lines. And there was sure. some puzzle stuff. And, but it just didn't have a great click to it. Yeah. Dungeon, flip that. Really? You literally um, went into, and I'm trying to remember this. You got to imagine there was about six fireball shots. There was. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just because you're there alone was, doesn't mean the pregame doesn't happen. It oh, just it means you do it on your own. <laughs> current game. Normally we got to sneak our drinks into True Dungeon. There was no sneaking this time. I felt sorry for the two guys that joined us. I think at one time one of them was like, hey, could you guys settle down a little? And before you could finish, we were like, Whoa, you know. So it was um, it turned out um, just to set the scene. Robert came over. Oh, good. Uh, Cassidy was over, my daughter. Awesome. And then my girlfriend, Sarah, came over and we all basically just sat on the couch oh. and we hooked up a laptop um, on the big TV. Yeah. And we just did it from there. It was really awesome. Okay. So, okay. so wait, so, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Were all four of you running characters or were yeah. all four of you like a, a John Mal uh, nope. was it being John Malkovich situation where you're one character with four minds? Four characters. Wow. And because you downloaded the app and you loaded your oh, character in. So, so everybody just brings in. Everybody brings every, their phone. Everybody brings their phone and they're, they're oh, good to go. I think Cass was on her iPad. Sarah was on her iPad. Me and Rob were on phones. It was really just – and it had all your dice rolling then built in after you oh, loaded your character in. Nice. And he said, give me an initiative uh, ranger. The ranger could hit their initiative button and they'd say, yeah. right now you could cheat. But Jiminy Christmas, how sad is your life if you got to <laughs> in a virtual true dungeon? But anyway, and we were on hardcore, so we were playing a good level. Good. Um, so everybody had their own uh, player in front of them with their phone. Yeah. And then when you started to go into true dungeon, it was true dungeon. Really? Uh, you must have been on someone's GoPro on their chest. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. So so like a, 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 there's a GoPro camera moving through the dungeon that they've clearly built in like a warehouse. Point of view. Wow. And yes, you were point of view. So they had this uh, uh, nymph that was in the water and she's talking to you from the water. So she's mm -hmm. like obviously in a dunk tank, bro. And <laughs> like a, like a circus dunk tank that just put yeah, some, some she ivy had around. In a dunk tank. It was legit water. And she's <laughs> legit talking to you and yeah. she legit can hear you. 
Ah, so whoever whoever this person is with the GoPro on their chest also has like some speakers hanging off of their like deltoids or something like that. I, and I it's had just so... an image from the '80s movie where the guy's holding the jam box above his head. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Say so anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to get any copyright violation. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I imagine there's like a Bluetooth speaker on. You know, is what I yeah. guess I get, is getting at. And so, of course, she's in the water. And you know, I'm. I, I think I started to sing my little song I sang last. Last year, oh and yeah, she's like, oh, that was nice, and I was like, oh shit, she can hear us, bro. <laughs> so that was so, really neat. So Full okay, interaction. so wait, 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 wait. So you guys was everybody sharing the same view? You and Larry and Ryan, everybody's separate, and you're all seeing from the same camera. Yeah, is that right? Okay, because that's yeah, that's one of the things. Whenever whenever we filter into a room, man, we spread out. We start touching stuff. We start knocking stuff over. But right. this person is like. You're one one view for all, right? And you had to. Did you tell the? Did you tell your little like little person? Hey, go over to that corner. A hundred percent. Knock that over. Move that. Touch that. Do that. And so they reach over and touch things and do things. They are your. um, What's the thing called that you animate something from Earth in D and D? Oh, a uh, golem. golem. A golem. Yeah. Yeah. They're your golem. So they are transporting you around the dungeon from room to room. And it was intense. It was great. And when you're walking between rooms, you're legit walking between rooms. Oh, so they're in the little holding room and all that stuff. Yeah. You walk, but you know, you have a hallway goes and turns left and then right. And you walk in the new room. Yeah. You legit are going through that experience. So so wait, were all the puzzles something that a single actor could solve because i remember dude the puzzles in true dungeon are like group puzzles you gotta get seven or ten people to answer some of these puzzles we didn't get one puzzle right Um, (laughs) because you only had one person to do them all and and and, and it definitely we got the gist of the puzzle okay but we just couldn't bring it together in time and Uh, i bet other groups did because what they had to do was um and and, um spoiler alert um what you have to do is look in the hole (laughs) that were along the wall to see the way the movement was. And then once oh. you figured out up, down, left, right, there was a keypad on the other wall that you would press up, down, left, oh, right. And okay. you had to get the sequence right for to get through the room. There was gotcha. another one where you had to match things. You know how they sometimes make you match elements? Oh, sure, sure, um, sure. So it was that same idea. There was a wall of, of tokens. And then okay. there was you had to move things to match and you had to look around the room to understand the matching. Uh-huh. So we got that one in time. There was another one that was uh, based on reviewing an archway and then sure. making decisions based upon that archway in order. We got that one on time. So they definitely did a great job picking the right puzzles. And I and I say the one we missed it was us. I bet lots of people got it in time. Sure. We, it took us a little bit to understand what the hell was going on. Sure. Um, but we also had some great puzzlers. Um, so was uh, there – w- is there like a moment where like you all were giving your golem different commands and the golem yeah. had to kind of decide what to do? Yeah. Or would, or did they just stop and like y'all need to tell me as a consensus? No, they would, they would try and take the first one and then the second one was waiting for them to take after that. Okay. So they had to be attentive. Yeah. And they had to be able to get through all the noise. Because, again, there's 10 of us, right? Right. Six were called into a Z-type conferencing room. Uh-huh. And um, four were on my side, and the other six were out in their world. Yeah. Obviously, when we got into the game, we pinned up 
the point of view. So I couldn't really see them, but, but, but before sure. the game, I could see everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Okay. So That's pretty cool. That's really they cool. They did a great job. It felt so immersive. It felt nice. so much fun that I was getting to use this app on my phone. Yeah. And we were getting to, you know, make rolls against monsters. Um, I, I, you know, tracked your hit points on it up That's and cool. down and the clerics passing things out. They still did the tests. They had a oh. little area that they could put things in and show up on your, your Zoom. Oh, to, your, to, to test your, your, your spell knowledge and That's to be able right. to cast your spells so properly and all that kind of I stuff. played the druid, so they would show footprints and oh, stuff. Oh, man. See, totally okay. I'm, you could have cheated then. I was about to say, like, one. that is way too easy to cheat on. I'm really glad they still did the test and they didn't make it something weird like a logic puzzle or something right. like that. Like, that's nice. Yeah. I think, it worked out really well. Man, you know, when all this went down and I saw the news that True Dungeon was, shut, was like, going down to a single employee and... You know, I mean, they were they were getting ready for the long winter, you know, is what they were is what they were getting ready for. You remember when everything was hitting? I was like, oh, man, there goes True Dungeon yeah. and there goes a whole bunch of other location based entertainment things that I love, uh, especially at Gen Con. And I'm so glad that they found a way to make virtual True Dungeon happen. Yes. And by the way, this model, I watch another guy on YouTube called Chris Ramsey, who does okay. And he did a, he did one of these uh, called the Escape Heist, uh, some company, and they did the exact same thing. They had a guy oh, in the room in nice. you that's talking with you, and they would go, go touch that. Does it turn? Does it knob? And he's over there doing it for them. They had the exact same problems. Too many voices sometimes. Yep. The guy can only do one thing at a time. Yeah, you know what I think a crew like that needs? Everybody needs to be in a chat room. I don't know how you do that with all your devices because you've got the TV up and you've got your phone and, you know, like that seems maybe difficult, but there has to be some kind of out of out of the voice call way for you all to talk so that you can like be clear in the instructions to the guy, you know, or maybe everyone just takes turns. It's like maybe you get into a rhythm where it's like, hey, whenever we come into a room, like you three always ask really good questions and are very observant. So you three run this part while we three work on you know, taking notes or whatever, you know, like I feel like there would be some kind of structure you would start to put in to be more efficient at using this kind of tool to solve room puzzles. Yeah. And I'll tell you on the fighting side, they did really good too, because you oh, remember really? how chaotic it is in person. Yeah. So now imagine everyone has to make their roles. Wizards have to say what they want to do. Druids have to clerics. Everyone's having to say what they need to do. And that, that game master is having to manage all this flood coming oh, at him. Man. I yeah. want to say we got in a, ro a role. We got into a routine that you just kept okay. your mouth shut until people rolled their rolls. And then you, um, you know, clerk does this, druid does that, fire wizard does this. Yep. And we got into a sequence of events very similar to how we try and line up for combat sure. in the rooms anyways that we tell people about. Sure. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I think that, yeah, you need to like having done that. I'm really glad y'all have already had one experience so that when I play with y'all again in what was it uh, November, November, when yes. I play with y'all in November, you will just tell me, hey, David, here's here's the plan. And I can just like slot into that. And, you know, mm. we, we refine as we go. Right. Because that's that's what we do. We always optimize as we as we go along. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. To say we'll have a plan. Is pretty. You, uh, you, you all, you all will give me instructions, and that and that will feel like a plan to me, and that's all I need. <laughs> so uh, true, Dungeon A plus. Win that's awesome. If um, I saw a lot of comments about people that you know, um, um, 
I saw a lot of comments um, about what people were saying about how it costs so much in person anyways. I can't see about doing it, you know, virtual. Uh-huh. Um, and, there, you know, True Dungeon definitely has a line of you're in it or you just don't know what the F's going on and you hate it, right? Mm-hmm. So it definitely has that line. I think it was worth the value that they made. I think it was worth the pennies and the dollars we paid. I did not walk out of that going I that that wasn't worth it. I walked out of that going this was truly worth the experience. Awesome. That's really good. I'm so glad to hear that. Um yeah, I think that you know, True Dungeon is one of those premium experiences. So, like if it's in your price point and it's in your interest, it's the best thing in the world. If it's not either of those two things, then you know, you want to be doing something else with your time and money. And I totally get it, but I love True Dungeon. I'm really glad that Virtual True Dungeon was a success for you guys as like hardcore True Dungeon fans. If it wasn't great for you all, to me, that would have been big trouble. But since you guys, especially Larry and Ryan and Al as hardcore True Dungeon fans, if they loved it, dude, that speaks volumes to its benefit, to, to its quality, you know? Um, so that, that's great. That's really, really great and very encouraging, uh, for me as a, so that was my big thing. Otherwise it was just our game event. Um, uh, as you know, work's just been really busy and that's one of the things I like about, um, going off prem for events and being away. Yeah. It allows you focus on Gen Con and this year you couldn't because work is there and you're not leaving work. Yeah. That's right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, I guess I could have taken vacation off, but the thing is, you're still, you're still at your house. You're still yeah. at the phone. You're still at a laptop. Yeah. It's different when I say, Hey guys, I'm going on a cruise or Hey guys, I'm going to one of my cons because right. they just know really what's going to happen is, is I'm up at eight and right. I'm, uh, I'm out till three in the morning right. to where I'm back up at eight and then they can call yep. me once in a while and I can talk on the phone, but Maybe. they know I'm gone. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I ran into the same thing. Like I took vacation because I was running a bunch of seminars. Um, we had our Talsorian games on our channel. We did a bunch of seminars with other content creators around cyberpunk and around legend keeper and all that kind of stuff. Those were all really fun, but I'm at home and I'm like available to work. So even though I took time off, like it still got to me. Right. It still like needled its way into my day. And that's just a difference when you're virtual versus uh, in person as you those distractions can get in there. And hence um, why I have much more of a preference for the um, togetherness. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Spot. yeah, yeah. Um, yes. And by way, by the way, everyone, in no way, shape or form am I complaining about working. Because by God, right. that's, uh, that's a great thing to be doing right now. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Big, big I'm, hearts out to everybody that's uh, going through some tough times that, uh, you know, the corona's affected their livelihood. Um, you know, I've had some friends that, you know, uh, went to YouTube and started doing things and, you know, doing, um, you know, people were subbing them money and they were trying to figure out ways to bring in income, um, you know, successfully outside of the the changes that happened to them in their um, you know, livelihoods. So yeah, not complaining about work, just interesting about how virtual is different than on. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's a big difference. And, you know, I think they tried to do a lot of stuff like they did, um, a discord server, right? So Gen Con put up a discord server to allow people to come together for the convention itself. And since then, you know, obviously it blew up. It's a, it's a, the email today. I haven't seen the one today. What's going on? Go take a look at your email, Mr. Dave. Oh. Um, they sent out an email about keeping Gen Con alive. Let's take a look at oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they have a they have a hot news brief. 
Hot news brief. Yes. So they have a survey, and um, it makes perfect sense that they're going to make their Discord server an all-year thing and try and make Gen Con's virtual presence a a longer-lasting thing, right? It makes perfect sense to try and turn that into a whole community thing. I, I really think that's a smart move. I hope that they have good moderators. I hope that they have, you know, good community leaders that can, like, wrangle that beast. Um, as, you know, a community builder myself, I can say that is a difficult task to get right because you make judgment calls and you will forever be judged on your judgment calls. So I really hope that they mm -hmm. rock that out and do a good job. I hope they continue with this next year. Um, I hope that there's um, unique events like this that Mike, you know, like Michael put together. I hope that they find a way to bring some more streaming into even their on-prem seminars and have yeah. some virtual live streaming too for seminars. I think there's some really great legs there that I saw. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, based on the population that I saw that said, look, I cannot attend Gen Con in person, but I can attend Gen Con online. It makes perfect sense to me that they could – by all means, run a virtual con at the same time as the in-person con and use that as a pressure relief valve, right? Because then there's multiple ways to attend. And I think that some groups might find Ajna in that. They might find a heartache in that because there will be some member of their group that will say, look, I'm just going to do Gen Con online. I'm not going to go in person. And that would impact a lot of groups, right? Because it would be, well, we're all going to be there. Yeah, but I got this thing keeping me at home. And now there's this draw towards, you know, the, the party gets split kind of thing. And I think that's yep. a natural consequence. But some of that is like, you know, there might be a person in that group that probably shouldn't be going to Gen Con in person because they might have some pressing obligation at home that they really shouldn't be going away from. And yeah. it's nice that Gen Con Online would give them some some relief to say, look, I'm going to make an afternoon for myself. I'm going to make a day for myself, two days for myself, and get some Gen Con in while my friends are in person doing all the in-person stuff. You know, yes. so I, I think that this is a I think this is a healthy thing. And I think that frankly, folks, um, we as a society are changing and we yeah. are learning to be more virtual. And even after all this goes away, I'm willing to bet you there's going to be a bigger group of people who just don't go back into the office. They all just work from home. Oh, and there's 100%. going to be there's going to be more virtual conventions for the rest of our lives because we're normalizing it. We're getting used to it, right? I've had so much fun this last um, couple months. You know, my daughter's yeah. off to college. Yeah, and yeah. We lined up and did things. We did multiple cooking online events. Yeah. Where you know, uh, there was even one that uh, Sarah signed up for over to her place. I signed up for over here. All of a sudden, we're all cooking together, and we see each other in the big Z call. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's there. And I don't – I bet you any money some, some game rooms um, don't go away from this point of view experience for escape rooms. They don't go away from – as long as the demand's there, if the room's not being used, they can schedule in slots. For, oh, you know, for them nice. to have those. Yeah. I wonder if True Dungeon would keep this up for next year. Could you I, imagine every, I, what, every 17-minute-on-the-hour event is actually <laughs> a POV person I, going through the dungeon for a virtual group of I, True Dungeoners? I, I would wonder what the capacity of that is, right? Like, part of the deal with True Dungeon is you can, it's very, it's a limited resource, so there's lots of premium on that resource. But if True Dungeon was an all-year thing... 
would it have so much like appeal? Oh, would I don't it be know about so? Your... Yeah, I look at it as supplementing the time at origin, supplementing at oh, Gen right. One to oh, kind of seventeen minute after the hour. They never sell that slot. What they do is they sell that slot. Virtually. Oh, that's smart. That's so smart. I like every that. hour. There's always a guy with a POV going through with a well, virtual crew. So I, don't I, know. I, I think that's I think that's different because when you're with a big group, there's lots of hands and they have puzzles for, you know, groups oh, of people right. to solve. Right? Remember the one where we all yeah. had to grab ropes? Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. In the air to yeah, make no. it spell the word. Yeah, kind of no. hard to do with one golem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tough. Yeah. Tough, How tough, are the tough. seminars? You know, we just touched on what could become staying virtual. Yeah. So Gen Con had a handful of Twitch channels that were for Gen Con exclusive or Gen Con online, like premium events. And then they had just, I mean, a ton of seminars because like they don't have to provide a room space. They just need Twitch. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we ran seminars and we did everything on Twitch. Um, I'm sure that some folks use Facebook Live or, you know, YouTube online or uh, YouTube Live, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's no headcount capacity problems. There's no like duration issues because there's nobody coming into my Twitch channel after my seminar unless I've double booked myself. Right. And so I was able to run a lot of seminars and have big audiences like, you know, hundreds of people in each seminar because, frankly, like nobody was going to come and kick me out of a room. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't competing with some, you know, Matt Colville who's going to run something and have a whole bunch of people filling a room. I'm a little podcast and Gen Con's like, I don't know if David can get 300 people into a room, but dude, we got 300 people on Twitch, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that was the, keeper go. Yeah. Oh, it went really well. We had 200 and something folks uh, joining us for Legend Keeper. Uh, Braden was the MC for that. He did a phenomenal oh, job yes. running us through stuff. He's such a nice person and really did a great job. And then we were we were joined by, you know, uh, Patrick Canoes and um, in in Icarus Games, we were joined by Icarus Games and Patrick Canoes. Oh, and, Patrick, I'm sure it had. Oh, yeah. I hear he uses it all the time. Yeah, he does. He does. And and so does Icarus Games. He's got great. Icarus Games has awesome videos on YouTube about Legend Keeper. Oh, and so it was a really fun conversation. We're actually going to do it again this Friday. So, like, by the time this comes out, it will have already passed. But on the 21st of whatever this month is, August, um, we are going to be doing another reprisal of the Legend Keeper talk because we had so much fun. We're going to do it all over again. Well, I will uh, show up to watch this one. Oh, that'd be uh, awesome. Are you guys doing any charity drive during this on donations? Uh, I would like to. It's a lot easier for me to do donations now. I don't have anything lined up, but we'll work on that. Um, but either way, so here's the big deal. The, because it is effectively free for them to do a bunch of seminars, I want to say more than half our audience didn't even come from Gen Con Online, right? I mean, Gen Con Online got us, I want to say, 50 of the attendees, but I had more than 250 people show up for the Legend Keeper talk. So 50 of those were from Gen Con Online, and the other 200 plus wow. were from social media and people just tuning in. And, like, I think that is a consideration for, you know, the quote-unquote seminar packages for Gen Con is if it goes online, like... They don't need a badge. They don't need to even know what Gen Con is. <laughs> you know, they yeah. just go to Twitch and watch. You know, I go to, you know, conventions and I think I was at Galley. Um, oh, yeah. Last 
time I was live anywhere in February. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they'll go, hey, any questions? And there can be a real intimidation factor of asking a question in a room of uber nerds on a topic, right? Um, everyone knows that topic incredibly well. How was the Q&A aspect of this? Was it moderated? Did you have Q&A? Was it all one-way push? What yeah, happened? so uh, Twitch chat is not afraid to ask questions. Like yeah, I know. just, 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 cu just culturally, Twitch yes. users tend to be very uh, eager to ask questions. And if you don't get to their question, then then they just ask it again. Right. right. They're like, oh, they must have missed it in the feed. Um, Way different than being in a yeah. room full of people. Yeah. Yeah. So there were lots of questions. Now, I will say our Talserian Games was really smart. They did not rely on the Twitch chat to get questions to their presenters. They had us link a Google form <gasps> and the link showed up every few minutes and people could click on it. And it was just a little Google form. You said, hey, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I want to ask this person on the panel. Here's my question. And that went to a Google Doc that the moderator of uh, Jay Gray, who is part of our Trust Run Games, he could review that and be like, no, nah, no, nah, that's a good one. I'm going to send that yeah, one over yeah. to, you know, Mike Pondsmith or whomever. And so um, or James. Mark, and so for breakfast today. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. They just skip it. Would you find a horse sized duck or a yeah. thousand duck sized horses? <laughs> right. <laughs> So they uh, they had all of those. They had a filter for their questions, right? We in our panels, we had moderators. They would grab the questions out of the chat and paste them into a Discord room that we were all in. So oh, kind of during the band area, yeah, yeah. That way we could kind of look at them and consider them while one of us is talking. The other two or three are looking at them and considering them. So that worked out really well. That was just fine for us. But our, our Chalsorian had way more viewers than we did. And the Google form was the right answer. Um, you, know, you know what when, their number was like for that? Yeah, I want to say they were like north of 500. Wow. Um, maybe close to 700, honestly. I'd have to go back and double check the, the stream summary. But they were, I mean, they were huge. Uh, for us, for for what our for for what high shelf gaming is used to, they had a lot of attendees wanting to hear about cyberpunk from Mike Pondsmith yeah. and James Hutt, and that was a really really good experience. Um, I think that generally the seminars were pretty good. Um, I like the Twitch experience; it's easy for me to produce something. I think that for some folks that is a barrier, right? There are some presenters that are just like, look, I just I got to get on a stage and just speak from there. The whole tech thing. I'm not going to do it. My house is not well set up for that. I don't have great bandwidth. So I think that by it being virtual, there are absolutely great presenters that are just gated out of yeah. online seminars, which sucks, right? It sucks that their knowledge can't get out there into the wild. Um, it's but tough. For Even me, for us, Dave, we bring up a video. So oh, you yeah. can watch me flipping you off while we're talking. <laughs> Which he's doing and right we now. Have, there's, there's still something there that someone's looking at. We're just not looking at our blank screen of a right. waveform right. moving, right. going, is Davin going to get this right? Can yeah. I when I drop <laughs> in all these F-bombs and edit them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that the seminar piece was good. I think that, you know, obviously in person is more accessible to, to some folks. And frankly, 
online is more accessible to some folks, right? Because yeah. if you remember, like getting into some of those seminars in person is a bear. Oh, you yeah. got to cross all this turf, you know, going from building to building through skywalks and all that kind of stuff. And then you get, you get there. minutes early so you get a good yeah. seat and yeah. not sitting in the back. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So like there's pluses and minuses to both. I think that uh, the online stream worked out really well. If next year they have an in-person thing, I still want to stream online because it worked out so well. We had such a great audience show up and ask really good questions from the online scene. So I, I think even if we do in-person seminars, I'm going to do my damnedest to make those also happen online so that we can hit that audience too and, and, and bring in the folks that just can't be there in person. Yeah. I'm really good with an iPhone camera. You should see all my videos on public freakout. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm here for it. So um, other thing I want to talk about, the vendor hall. Can we talk about the vendor hall? Yes. See, we I hear can. the tone. I hear the tone. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But, yeah, but yes. So go, You go. You give me your shot first, and I'll give uh, you my shot second. No, I, you know, I think the looking glass – okay, so the looking glass is still up, folks. If you go to Gen Con and you go to Gen Con Online – you go to their little like welcome page, scroll down a little bit. The looking glass is still there and you can go and look at the vendor hall right now. This is their virtual vendor hall. So you can make your own judgments. But Rich, I feel like you are more in the zeitgeist of how a lot of people feel. Can, can you just hit me with your impression of the looking glass? Okay. So let's folks, talk about rich rich really does not like to be critical of things so this is a tough ask i think this is a tough ask i i um this reminds me of when i first started using webex teams mm. and i went what what the hell is this way we're communicating what the yeah. hell's like i got all these chat things going on and how do i find things because the first thing you do when you go to the looking glass is you see all these different squares and, you and see they're on like a squares. they're on like a galaxy background, and they, yes. there's not any real order to the arrangement. They're just kind of they're just kind of like it's like looking at alphabet soup, and you're trying to find the mushroom. The, the Have mushroom you ever box. tried to find anything on your iWatch when you're sitting <laughs> on the toilet and you're trying to wow. read the news? Wow, what a, what a first world problem trying to find Thanks. something on your iWatch. <laughs> it has that little globe of stuff, right? And that's kind of the yeah. same idea. You're trying to dig through this. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there's a search on the left-hand side, right? Um, yep. I would like to have a little more order instead of as much chaos as what that is. Um, there's even a chaos for me in the sense of how thumbnails all look so different in the, the backgrounds, this, this background color. There's just a lot that didn't turn me on to that space. And yeah, then, I, the, I, would, I would agree that the – the galaxy background thing is an interesting concept, but it does muddy the waters when you're trying to actually see stuff because right. you have like a contrast problem, right? And you've got like purples and yellows and blues. And then like some poor company's logo is mostly blue. And it's like, eh, you know, kind of doesn't really get lost, but it, 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 it kind of can be overlooked. Yeah. And what I wanted to see um, after our talk with them, I started envisioning the looking glass, right? I started yep. going, oh my gosh, what's this going to be like? Right. And I started making up what I thought it was going to be. So of course, uh, I'm right. you know, yeah, yeah, of course. The, the, then you have expectation. expectation. Right. Yeah. And your expectations cannot be met because you were just envisioning 
something that was perfect. All the things you want are just right there at the top, just for you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm going to just play through it a little bit. I know tons of people at Gen Con listen to our podcast, so I'm just playing through it a little bit. The, the entire imagine, Gen Con staff surely listens. <laughs> yes, tons of them. They're, they're, they're all in there with our friends from Sweden. Yeah. Um, so let's just pick one. You know, I'm going to click AEG, right? right? And when I click on AEG... I, you know, get one that is getting in the right vein of what I was looking for. You immediately see a game preview. So it's mm -hmm. a little rich media. You're yep. getting the fact of seeing some rich media. You then have a little bar at the bottom that shows um, their other products. Oh, right. but when I click on Smash Up, all I ever really get is an expanded thumbnail. I have no follow through right. with that. Right. So at least I get one game preview. Right. I then, you know, kind of lose that. What I would have liked to have seen is the ability to pick some of those games and have my center window change to things. Maybe it's promotional. Instead of the thumbnail getting big, the thumbnail's like I walked over to that corner of the booth and picked the game up. Right. And now Maybe you want to see a demo of that game. Now yeah. I see a demo or yeah. maybe I see I click on it and I have the front and back cover that showed up in the little middle thing. So I can kind of read. I can yeah. say, oh, four to six players. Oh, it takes 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, so it, it their first iteration, number one, first iteration of this idea. And they had something cool and they got into it. But a lot and this may not all be on Gen Con. They may have asked for a lot of things from the people that fed them information. Yeah. So their ask could have been too large. I'm going to pick on another one, Studio Woe. You click on theirs, and it's really not much at all. There's a couple right. um, tags, you know, that, that make it pull up on the searching, um, a link to the website, and that's it. it yep. It's yep. really very bare bones, and I'm just bringing up a blank card, right? So I uh, definitely think there were some of them that were done 70% where I kind of thought this was going. And then there was a multitude of them that were just, eh. Yeah, yeah. so it, it kind of depends on the vendor, the right? It kind of depends on the vendor and how much right. they were able to put into that uh, right. virtual booth, let's say. Yep. Um, and there's obviously a lot of limitations on what they could do. So I will say the filter aspect is kind of cute. So did you play around yeah. much with the filter on the left-hand side? I did. I did. Okay. Because so, that's when I was then, you know, at first yep. I saw this whole multitude of stuff. I'm like, what the hell? And so right. I started playing around with the filters. Yeah, okay. So one of the things I like about the filter is that, like, when you click on, say, authors, it grays out everything that's not an author. So when right. you're, like, little cloud of, of boxes, you can very quickly see which ones are the authors and which ones aren't. But um, I, I think that, you know, folks – like when you look at virtual trade shows and virtual convention halls, I got to tell y'all, there's not a lot of options. Right. There really aren't. So Gen Con went out there and went shopping and they said, all right, we need something that's going to let us display all of our vendors. And folks, the looking glass, I've seen a lot of them because I compete in this space. The looking glass is probably one of the best ones I've seen. And this oh, beats my wow. own product. This this beats my own product that I Look sell. Look at that, Dave. I'm really glad you have that point of view. Yeah. Um, so, so mine he, is here's, very here, much what we he, talk about expectations, and whenever you finally see it, you're just never there. Yeah. And that's not on them; it's on me, right? Well, well but it, it's fair to say that you have an in-person expectation set that everybody came to it with, and I think that Gen Con had a lot of terrible options, and they had Looking Glass and maybe a handful of others that are like less terrible. 
right? And why is it terrible? It's terrible because virtual conventions did not exist nine months ago. Right. Right. They didn't exist a year ago. So the programmers who make these sorts of things were making these types of products in like zero budget environments. Some of these are probably like little skunk works things that, you know, they get a little they get a little investment. But the company who made this thing really didn't expect it to take off. And all of a sudden COVID hits and they're selling this faster than they can deliver it. And, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a tough market because it hasn't had a lot of time to mature. I think in 2021, what the looking glass is today is going to be different. I think if they're yes. putting investment into development, there's going to be some changes, there's going to be some improvements. Um, the other plans that are out there, folks, you would look at that and go, why, why even have this here? Because I'm telling you all, some of the options out there are way worse than looking glass. At the very least, looking glass is mobile responsive. You can pull it up on your oh, phone. Oh, I didn't know that. There's a whole bunch of them that are not because oh, <laughs> yeah. they're because they're 15 years old and nobody's touched it in 15 years. And guess what? Those companies right now are selling like gangbusters because oh. even though they're 15 years old and haven't been touched in 15 years, they are an option. Yeah. Right. So you think about that. You've got these really crappy options that nobody's touched in 10 plus years. And all of a sudden they're going off like gangbusters. With no updated browser knowledge, no concept of mobile, no concept of like filtering and search the way that we're used to filtering and search. Because guess what? They were built back when Yahoo was cool, right? It's bad out there. So like props to Gen Con for doing the research and finding something that does effective filtering and something that's mobile responsive. I agree. It's a little crappy that the folks that paid more got bigger icons. Right. Like, what was that price delta? Was it really was it like you give us a thousand dollars and your icon is 54 by 54 pixels? You know, like, what was that thing? I think that's regrettable. I think I'm looking at a lot of artists and a lot of authors that have teeny, teeny, tiny little boxes. And I wish that they didn't. I wish that they had like a author section and an artist section. And, you know, and you could just kind of wander all the artists and you could wander all the all the authors and like you know, kind of put them into their little spaces, I, that would have been preferential to me, you know? Um, but all that said, like, it definitely could have been better. But looking at the marketplace of ideas of how to do a virtual uh, uh, dealer hall, it honestly can't be that much better because there's just not a lot of great options out there. I feel bad. No, dude. Wanted, no, you know, no, again, dude. That's that. That is that is honest. That is an honest feeling. You know, people show up wanting to find the things they want to hunt. They want to see cool stuff on display, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't do that here. And you, there's not really a tool that lets you do that in the virtual convention scene. You know, um, you know, short of standing up the entire dealer hall and just having your golem walk around with a camera, there is not a whole lot you can do. To bring it back to the True Dungeon example earlier, yes. we could all just hire golems that wear masks and they walk the dealer hall for us. And we say, ooh, go pick up that copy of that game. Thumb through it. Tell me what edition book this is. You know, like that could have happened. That would have been a terrible like thing. Like imagine having that job, imagine having the job that you're the virtual golem for some poor gamer that like 
that like really needs to see and touch everything and you like can't take a bathroom break because you've got the gamer with you and you can't like you're like this person's little inhuman avatar and it's like do this for me do this for me and the guy's I'll like i'll be Man. selling my services next year to do that <laughs> 50 bucks an hour. I'll be gone. 50 bucks an hour. You won't get that much money for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that this is tough. I think it's a tough solve. I applaud Gen Con for doing the research to find something that is better than the other options that are out there. Because, folks, I got to tell you, they and brother, it worked far. It worked enough that I bet. I wonder what their click through was. I bet there was a lot of people that came into this and used it just like I, I did. I hope so. I hope some people use it. I will say the one thing that drives me nuts on a looking glass is the snapback. You try and like page left or right too far to click yep. on some of the other icons and it snaps you back to the middle. And it's like, oh, why do you do this to me? Uh, so that part I dislike a great deal. Um, but otherwise, like, eh, could have been better, but there just aren't a lot of great options right now. And hopefully there are hopefully, better options in the future. Yeah. And that um, may be also the ask was too great for people to give them what they wanted to fully develop sure. or put together. Sure. A lot of factors we don't know. Right, right. And like and like you said in the beginning, like each booth is very different in terms of how much effort they put into it. But frankly, they didn't have a lot of tools. You get a little paragraph, you get a spot for some photos and a link to your website maybe another social link to like your YouTube page or your social media. Yeah. And that's it. The vendors didn't really have a lot to work with in yeah. that space. So, I mean, like that's all of that is tough. Um, and I have no idea what the pricing was for any of this stuff. I hope it wasn't too much. Um, and I hope that Gen Con didn't like break the bank in buying this, but I'm glad they found something that at the very least let us filter vendors. Well, let's talk about something that was done pretty freaking amazing. Ooh. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do this. Super Robo Rally? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that was this. We did Super Robo Rally at the end for us this year, right? Because Super Robo Rally happened all day Saturday, and we got the last slot, basically, or the end of the life cycle slot on Saturday, which was the end of my Gen Con. And that was such a fun time. Steve runs an amazing Lego Mindstorms game, Super Robo Rally. He ran it out of his basement. He had his little bots rolling around all over his basement, but he had the same map up. And we got to wreck house. Um, oh, and what a great setup. The POV for the board. Oh, yeah. The other camera that was going on. I never oh, really yeah. watched the other camera. I just watched the POV. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a really cool like computer display up that you could look and see what the computer was seeing yeah, in terms of right. like the facing of the bots and all that kind of stuff. That yeah. was very helpful. That um, actually answered a lot of questions, except I didn't really look at it. I just yelled <laughs> out, which way am I facing? Yes. That's always how we do it. Which way we were facing. And then we stand up and, and pace around in our own homes now yeah. to guess how the bots are facing yeah if none of y'all have seen super robo rally give it a quick google it is a blasty blast it was so much fun did you uh, save our game did we twitch that um yeah we twitched it we saved it i think it's on youtube already oh, look. um go, go so, to high shelf gaming give us a like subscribe buy the merch <laughs> Boop, tap it out <laughs> yeah so uh that was a lot of fun um like i said steve just runs a great great time robo rally in itself is a fun cute board game but when you do like a lego mindstorm thing and you've got this guy in a top hat running around it's just hilarity and it is again, so much fun 
made this incredibly cool app that, you know, it's basically, the, I guess, the same app. We're just yeah. accessing it remotely to where yeah. everyone had their own controls right there on their phones. Yeah, that was really good. That was really, really good. Um, and I love that you handed off your controls immediately to your girlfriend. And she like got you to flag one, which I think is a first for you, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and then I didn't go anywhere after that. That's right. That's right. Because you're like, okay, 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 I got this. And then and then it stopped. All the good stop. Um, but yeah, and I think Steve won. So we got to play against Steve, which we normally don't get to do. We normally don't get to play against the Robo Rally crew. But uh, because it's virtual and we only showed up with, I think, five or six players, they were able to fill in the rest with um, with their crew. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I just thought it was incredibly cool the way that that went virtual. Yeah. Um, one of those that you're so used to seeing it in person and being around it in yeah. person. You, you I know, was very amazed the virtual presence it carried. Yeah, it was so much fun to play virtually. I do miss it in person. That's the one thing that I think is really good in person because, you know, we get that audience that just kind of shows up and is like, what's this? And yeah. they just kind of sit around having fun with us. And I miss we didn't get really get that we did it on twitch we had some people tune in but it wasn't like the foot traffic you get at gen con that sits to hang out with the spectacle um so i am you know i missed that i really can't wait for 2021 when we get to have that again and we get to be in person again right like that's 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 really this gen con online the good job of making me feel like i got a little taste of gen con i got to have some fun but i cannot wait for in-person gen con I just cannot wait. It's uh, it, I'm, I'm jonesing for it more and more now. Man, I can't even tell you. It is. Uh, it left me again. I didn't play as much as I needed to. Didn't do as much as I wanted to. Um, and I just can't wait to get back and see all my friends in person. Yeah. And play games in person. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's see here. Other things that were going on. Uh, you know, the Gen Con Online Discord is still up. All of their Twitch channels are still up. Their YouTube is up. So if you want to go and catch any of that content, very easy for you to go back and look at their stuff. And everybody else at Gen Con who is running seminars, like I would, I mean, the event listing is still published. Go and look at the seminar listing. I almost guarantee you every single one of those content creators saved their seminar and oh. have it somewhere for you to watch. So like a lot of the value that was in Gen Con online because it was online is saved. And you can go back and learn from all the people who ran seminars or did online games and recorded those and wanted to share them with you. So, like, I think there's a lot of content that came out of Gen Con this year because it was 100% virtual. And that's just I, I think there's some benefit there that is maybe lost when we're in person. And I, I, I hope that some folks take advantage of that and can go back and, you know, gain that knowledge that they would have otherwise missed out on. Yeah. I do. I hope so, too. I hope that we see that as a, um, you know, an ongoing thing. And that gives people the ability to go back because, you know, a lot of this stays relevant a long time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, the the tool set to be good at gaming or good at role playing or good at LARPing, those same rules kind of apply. They're evergreen. Right. I mean, they, they kind of apply for decades. And some of the nuances may change, right, as culture shifts, but like the the underlying principle of here's how you help people have fun, a lot of that stuff stays the same year over year. So I'm really glad that 
with it going online, there's more room for more of that knowledge to persist into the marketplace of ideas. And I, I think that I think that's good. So when's HSG con? Right? Yeah. So like yeah. now that cons are virtual and we can just do one. I don't know, man, like maybe sooner than I ever thought possible. Like I was going to wait till we had, you know, a thousand or so people. And then we do a, a con in the Midwest or something like that where everybody can fly too easily. Um, but now, like, heck, dude, let's just do virtual. You know, you just wait. There's always that. Everyone's gamed out. Everyone had a great time. You know what I mean? So there's going to yeah. be a period where they're like, oh, I'm good not gaming. But boy, is it around November you start getting that itch? I think September. There's a bunch of cons hitting in September mm. and November. So I think that like the virtual con scene is is gaining traction, gaining momentum. And folks, I just think this virtual con space is not going to go away even after coronavirus. I think that it's going to be a, a present thing for a long time just because we got used to it. And there's a lot of benefits. I did not take much more advantage of Gen Con. I will say the Discord server is busy. The Discord server is it's got a lot of people and a lot of conversations and it's too much for me. So I'm in the server and I mute and every so often I like hover in and go and look at stuff but it's too much for me quite frankly um i uh you know our own discord server hsg is pretty chill like i don't know we get like 50 posts a day <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty very little day-to-day uh, -day conversation but that's me i'm a chill person i want to like check in and have like um uh, an intense conversation or not intense but i should say a, an in-depth conversation but i don't want to do that every day Right. And so like our Discord server really reflects that. Whereas Gen Con is like, wow, every day, lots of talking. And that's great. You know, so like there's lots of a community there and there's lots of action there. And um, if you are looking for a high action gaming scene, they got it. Uh, and it's a it's a good Discord server so far. So, yeah, I uh, applaud Gen Con for a successful Gen Con online 2020. I think all around it was successful. Um, I haven't heard any like major fallout. Nobody got attacked at a bar. No like crazy demonstrations, you know, <laughs> like good on you. Gen Con, you ran a great show. I think there's a handful of notes where it's like, ah, we wish it was more like in person, but you can't escape that stuff. And all around, like uh, just really solid effort on their part to execute that and the amount of time they had. And if they got to do it again in 2021 or they they reprise aspects of Gen Con online for 2021, like I am excited. Well, uh, kudos. I mean, it was a really great job all around. Um, very amazed that, um, you know, they were able to bring this to the finish line with the deadline they had. It's it's amazing to think about. So that was all. That's my only closing notes on that. OK. OK, cool. Well, everybody at home, uh, everybody, uh, thank you a ton for listening. We are doing our level best to bring the podcast back and make that a weekly thing again. You're all awesome for sticking out throughout our extended hiatus as part of coronavirus. And we are pumped to be doing episodes again. So thanks a ton for tuning in and listening. As always, have fun and play well. Thanks for listening. If you like our style, please subscribe or rate, like the podcast within your app. It helps fellow listeners find us. We really appreciate it. So thank you. To join the community, you can find us on Twitter and Discord. 
Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to get connected and join the fun. This episode is copyrighted by High Shelf Gaming LLC and is not cleared for broadcast or syndication without written approval. The music was provided by Lil Funky on YouTube and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. Take care, friends.